Welcome. You're listening to Beyond the Front Door podcast with Lindy and Rhea, and we're real estate agents with Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and we bring you real estate stories that inspire you, make you cringe, laugh, maybe cry. Come on in. We put the real in real estate. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. We have a really fun guest today. <laughs> yes, the person that makes every day down here a little bit fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go ahead. You, you want me to introduce yeah, him? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Um, today we have Corey Rang. He's the broker and owner of Peak Properties and um, storyteller extraordinaire. Comedian. Comedian. <laughs> yeah, he's got a story for everything. He, he's married to my mom, so he's my stepdad. Um, and your neighbor. And my neighbor. <laughs> All the things. Yes. <clears throat> so, yeah, we, um, we're we excited to have Corey because he really does have a story about everything. everything. Yes. He's bought and sold a lot of real estate. Um, we'll let him tell you a little bit about himself, how he got into real estate, how long he's been in it, all of that. Yep. And today's episode is kind of a what's your craziest real estate story or transaction or what are some things that you've seen that are can be essentially cautionary tales i suppose so yeah anyway welcome yeah welcome great okay want to tell us about yourself sure so i've been in i've been uh selling real estate for about 20 years actually a little over 20 years i bought some rental property prior to that so i would say i've been in real estate for about 23 or 24 years um bought and sold a lot a lot of a lot of property probably in the 150 range of buying properties and reselling them of my own stuff. Um, I started off in Gillette. Uh, after about 10 months, I had a partner named Tom Simons in Gillette, and him and I basically went and started our own company. Um, then we moved down to Cheyenne a couple years later, and I've been here ever since. And for like crazy stories, it's hard to really think that quickly but we've, we've had a few squatter stories um, not in our own properties but we've definitely had more than our share uh, we deal with a lot of foreclosures and a lot of times in those ones the scary ones are the ones with the that have the power on people who would break into houses know that and they're going to go into the houses with the power on well, yeah, to stay warm, warm. Stay warm. yeah, stay yeah. Warm, charge <clears throat> phones all that so yeah we've had a fair, fair amount of those and I, the funny part I always laugh about this I don't ever think about it until I get there. And a lot of times if I ain't, ain't feeling the love, I guess, I, I literally I take a carpet knife in me of all things. But, you know, <laughs> carpet knife? <laughs> to really protect yourself? Carpet yeah. knife or screwdriver. I usually don't think of it either until I get there. And then I'm like, okay, someone could be in that house. I had one the other day where someone walked behind it as I showed up for the showing. And I like waited until my buyer got there. And then... I was a little worried that someone was in there. The door kind of, have you ever just like unlocked a door and then been like, was that locked? Like I put the key in and I don't even know if it, it was locked. locked. It mm -hmm. felt like it wasn't. And then I was like, yep. oh, great. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've definitely went in somewhere. I've got a couple where I've seen people where I literally was like, hey, I'm going to leave. Don't be here tomorrow. You know, I'm flying. I'm going to let them hang out for the day and then we call the cops or whatever. But. How often know. does that work? Like when you approach them and say, you know, be out of here by tomorrow or whatever? You know, it's, I, I always call the police. So I think it, I don't think any of them really just up and leave. But I, I, I know we've had ones where we went to, went to properties, knew there was people in there, had to call the police. Um, 
multiple times for that. Um, I was telling her earlier before we started, about a year and a half ago, we bought a house in uh, South Cheyenne. We're going to close in a couple days, and Deb had never been to the house. And we went in, and I missed the obvious signs. There was a phone laying there in Mountain Dew, but the owner was supposed to have come clean, be cleaning out the house. And so we, we went, I went downstairs. Deb went downstairs. She went back upstairs. She tried to open a closet that had a bed laying on the floor, kind of kitty corner, closed, keeping the closet door closed. She tried to open it, and there was this big foam thing covering the bed, and there's a dude under the foam thing. And I could hear it, so I ran up, and I stepped between them, and he's like, this is my house, get out of my house, you know, and uh, he'd obviously broke in, um, so I was like, all right, hey, we'll leave, man, sorry, we thought it was for sale, and called the cops, they did go arrest him, um, had some other things like that, had another one where... Just really quick, I was going to say, I know that living up here in Wyoming, I've often thought when people have talked about squatters, it's often been like if you own a vacation home in a different state, like Arizona or, well, it seems like everybody in Wyoming, <laughs> so many have a home in Arizona. In Arizona yeah. And the big thing is to make sure you don't get squatters in there. So I don't know that, I mean, you know, I'm sure everybody would be surprised to know just how much it happens just right in our own community, you know, and especially through the winter time here. It definitely happens. Even in the summer, um, I had a deal probably two years ago, sold a house to of a, a friend of mine bought two houses that were on the same lot side by side and he called me and I could tell something was up so I ran he's like I said do you want me to come over there yes so we got we got over there and what he had done was the previous people had hired somebody to move them out of the house and they moved him out and they moved right in and it was the same day and so we called the police and the police were like well they got a keys kind of the issue um, and how it really got resolved was we had the position of we have a key we can stay here so I guess you got a lot of squatters here and you're gonna, you know you're gonna be back here all night so either they go or you know you can't make us leave right and they did make them leave um, so we, we've had and there's been other ones uh, which would probably just really quickly would probably be the testament to you know uh, finding a reputable moving company or somebody that has um, a I guess I don't know the full process behind with moving companies or people that are coming in in terms of being this, licensed. This was definitely not a moving company. This would be somebody I would refer to you if you were moving, maybe. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, so rotten. <laughs> this was just he hired some random people. Random people and did they own the house? No, Kirk owned it. Okay, but oh. were they the previous owners? No. Have so you ever had one like that where the owners wouldn't leave? Yes, we have. Because yeah. I was just thinking about that as you're saying this. I'm like, have you ever had one where, yeah, the, they are selling their house, but I've, then you go to closing and you get there and they're not gone? I've had numerous things where, not necessarily where the seller wanted to stay, but I've had numerous things where they were nowhere close to being out. I had one in Gillette. One of the last houses I sold when I lived in Gillette uh, went on for like six weeks, and the seller or the new buyer finally got a truck and packed the truck and drove it and unloaded it at his at his new place. The guy oh just wouldn't, wouldn't come finish it. And he had a lot of stuff. Um, we recently, we just had one here where the seller actually passed away during the transaction. The girlfriend was in the house and we, we spent right. a gazillion hours helping her move. And she actually moved. She did get out the day of closing, but without the help, she would have, she would have, she'd probably still be there. Yeah. And you um, were over there helping her. 
I was. And you, you know, your whole day. I remember Deb coming in. She's like, Corey's over at that house Moving packing. I'm like, is somebody snapping a all picture packed, of this? Or you literally had no, to pack her? It was put it in U-Haul, move it to U-Haul, move it to a U-Haul storage place, go back, do it again and again. Ugh. And we did, and we had hired help. It was just, it was... A whole house. It was a whole house. Yeah, pe- I think people sometimes underestimate how long it takes to actually move out of your house. And in that case, we weren't, well, we weren't even sure that we were going to close because we didn't know if she would actually leave. Um, but yeah, we've had numerous things where we've moved people. Yeah. You know, and I always volunteer. I have also moved people. It's not my favorite. <laughs> you know, I don't want to have the myself. opportunity yet, but I'm guessing it's coming. No, and I don't mind helping people when they're like in need and it's like a situation like that, but it's not fun. No, it's uh, well, the, the worst part is all the time it takes because you got other things you're doing. You have to have somebody else go fill in for you to do other things um, or delay them. And so it does take a ton of time. And like in this case, it was, it was, uh, it was a big mess. Yeah. But it did close. Sean Miller actually helped also. And Taryn helped and, we had some hired help, and it was just big house, big garage, tons of stuff, nowhere to put oh in. Oh, my gosh. Um, Don't you think that's one of the things that's kind of, I, I mean, I find I haven't really had very many where you didn't work together, but all the agents kind of work together to, like, make it happen. Happen, yep. I think I think at the end of the day, there's, there's some people that probably wouldn't help, but at the end of the day, most people just want to get it done because they yeah. either got the buyer or seller, and they don't want the problem of starting all over well you're starting over or just you know you cl- if you close you know they want the house you know they're they got a u-haul sitting out front mm-hmm. um and we have had people that have refused to sell you know a day or two before closing like um have they changed their mind i had one guy who was going to move to colorado and he figured out he really couldn't buy any in colorado and at the end and he felt bad he was a nice guy he just was like i'm not moving can't buy anything down there. What am I going to do? And, and you can't make them. I mean, you're under contract, but what do you do? No, it was just try and make it the best we could for the buyer. And, you know, obviously some irritated people. Um, that is the hard thing about um, real estate and just even the last transaction I have. I mean, they know enough about real estate transactions that until everybody's signing on the dotted line on closing day, you really never know what's going to happen. Most of the time it turns out fine, right? Like most of the time everybody moves along as promised, but occasionally there's those times or if something significant happens. I think it was right about that same time, wasn't it, where... um, There was a final walkthrough of a closing um, where the appliances were gone. <laughs> and I know you had one recently where, um, right, was it just right on closing day or the day before closing day where um, a the contingent part fell through or whatever mm-hmm. it was? And yeah. yeah, same thing. I mean, so while most of the time everything turns out the way it should, occasionally, you know, at the end of the day, as a buyer or a seller, you really don't know what's going to happen until everybody signs. 100%. And Lindy could even tell you, Lindy had a guy that she did a lot of deals with, and we kept saying we we got to quit <laughs> using him and quit doing deals with him because he would sign and he he wouldn't have the money. And then uh, he always came up with it, but the one, the first the first one wasn't one. He actually ended up buying a house that I used to own, but he lived in it prior as like a preoccupant. And yeah, it all started with Corey's house, a, co- how, a home you owned, and I sold it. 
so he um, he needed like 25 grand and he kept saying he had all these stories I actually went to the bank with him and they, they seemed true but the bank said he had the money but they wouldn't give him the money and I never understood why and it took about 10 days and the bank finally was like we don't care where he gets the money and I actually took him to a hard money lender and he got the money and closed and he still owns the house uh, but he did that on numerous deals and we eventually learned our lesson um, that's too stressful it was stressful he's in prison that. now oh okay no he's out remember oh no i i hope he's in prison <laughs> he's probably listening you better not say that um, but any, anyway that was he was in prison <laughs> he, he, he did go to prison he was, Oh, up. I've had like, yeah, I had like the FBI call me. There was way more to it other than real estate. He was a con artist. Yeah, he was He was a little bit, uh, that makes us sound bad for not catching it, but he always did but, close. But that's the thing is if you watch any of those con artist shows. He was good. There's a reason why they're they, charismatic, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. You, you believe it. And, the, and even when I talked to like the FBI or DEA, I don't even know who it was. He was like. I'm like, this sounds so stupid that I'm saying all this, and I didn't, now that I say it out loud, I'm like, duh, but I didn't catch on, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, no, that's what a con artist does, that's why, because they, well, plus, yep. he, plus it's you. believable, and then, yes, he did buy property, and he did have money at times, and so. But plus, you want to believe him, and you're going, why would you do this if you couldn't do it? Do right? it. Why would you mm-hmm. waste your time? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just like when we have scammers all the time, like we had recently where people call us to buy property from another state and you have never met them, but you, I mean, we have to treat everyone like they're really going to buy the property. Mm -hmm. We can't just question every single thing. And then, but I don't know what the end game is when they actually can't close. They tie up a property. I think some of the scam is in the earnest money. They're hoping you deposit it and somehow they retrieve money from your account that they deposited and they're so so they get their money back before their checks are no good there's some of that i think i don't quite know how the mechanics work um that's kind of why like some of the title companies it's 10 days no matter what you know for them to refund your money well for for them to even like if you write them a check they won't they won't credit you that money for 10 days until it's cleared and there's no ifs ands or buts that it's you know like i I closed didn't you uh didn't you about a year ago have a guy from Fort or uh, Florida? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you that? had one of them. I mean, I think yeah. everybody well, he has. Wasn't, he wasn't, I would say, a, a, per se, an official scammer. But we did question, like, um, because he was out of town and it was hard to kind of gauge his intentions. And it did tie up a property. And the whole thing, you know, the night before closing is when it all fell apart. And it was... Um, you do wonder the intent behind starting the process of a real estate transaction and what, what are they getting out of all that, of yeah, dragging it out for... for Corey, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he definitely did. He, he, did. he got his ass chewed by Corey more than probably anybody in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. that That's was, a lot. That, that was, says a lot. That was a tough one for sure. <laughs> well, that, that was halfway through, the, all the way through the deal, though, the whole time he was just... Yeah. He was unbelievable. He, that was one of those transactions where I had Corey, like, unfortunately on speed dial for just about everything through that whole thing because it just was So nuts. he just, like, backed out at the day he, before? He just, he just jerked around the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I want to buy this house. I don't want to buy this I've house. I've definitely had people like that, and I can't mm-hmm. tell if it's some kind of scam or if it's honestly just, like, they are unsure and they're 
they freak out I, and then they wanted to. I think to... in his case, it was just a straight up shakedown. So I think he got, was his whole goal was to push it to the end and then shake this seller down for 20 To get it less. Yes. To, I won't close, close until you do this. Okay. And yes. I think that was the idea. Yes, I think you're and, right. Uh, but anyway, it was just a straight don't up Don't move shakedown. to Wyoming, Jim. <laughs> uh, We're on to you. Oh my God. <laughs> I doubt he's listening. Or I don't know. Maybe the guy that I was talking about was listening. I didn't say his name. Well, I won't say his last name, but I have it in my phone. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, you definitely run across that every once in a while. And, it, and that same token, those are probably low percentage deals. You know, most of your deals are everybody's pretty honest and just wants to get the deal done. You know, seller wants to sell and the buyer wants to buy and make it as smooth as possible. And that would be Grant's. <laughs> That, that scared me. Um, That's okay. It's just going to stay right there. The, uh, that was the clock. clock. Oh, I'm sure you can see it. But yes. if you're listening, yeah. the clock's off, off the, wall. the wall. It's fine. Yep. Um, Grant put that up, not me. Hey, that means your time's up. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's Even the clock's had enough. <laughs> um, but it does actually bring up the point as well when we're talking about spammers or scammers is sort of the cybersecurity aspect of what we're doing and the importance of, you know, um, avoiding any type of wire fraud situation. And so maybe we can touch on that just a little bit because people have been scammed through that process as well. So fortunately, we, in our office, we have not had any direct, you know, problems, but we have had indirect. We had uh, an agent here who had the buyer... And the seller, uh, the other realtor, I believe's email was hacked. And they sent the seller an email, and, and anyway, somehow got into the seller's email. They contacted the title company, and long story short, they sent sixty-two thousand dollars of their money to Russia. And I don't know how it got settled, but it took about two years, and it got settled. So they, they did get their back? money back. I, I don't oh. know. I don't know how. It, I know it went on two years, and I know it got settled. Oh, probably. Yeah. And then Tony. Tony, who works with us, mother, it was an agent in Denver, and she was involved with one where I believe it was $142,000 the seller lost. And that one, I believe, uh, Tony did tell me they recovered most of the money, but the FBI showed up, took her computer, took her mom's computer, took her mom's phone. Not that she was a part of it, but to help track. To help find the money. To track Mm -hmm. it or whatever. Um, And then It's scary how easy, I mean, and... Peak Properties, I know that you guys implement every single safety protocol within our email system and everything to help avoid that. But it really does come down to also the consumer. I mean, whenever I'm meeting with clients, and I think every realtor is doing this, do not wire money. You know, unless you're physically on the phone and you know you're on the phone with somebody from the title company and you guys are making the arrangements. Other than that, if, if, you, get, if you get an email saying wire money, ignore that that's not that's not real yeah and, and the worst part is i think everybody even in general thinks they would never fall for it and the scams are so good that you would have probably been scammed and take you a couple weeks to even figure it out because you know they're you know it's a slow process on you know for them to go steal your people's money but i but the scams are so good anybody fall for it it's not even falling for it it's just it's really a matter of time it's, it's a, before it, you do. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's they're amazingly very good at what they do to rip people off, and I know the title companies are all pretty on it. But well, how many times do we get like texts or something, and you, it's 
not even i mean i get emails from amazon but if you looked at the email address it's, it's not, not from amazon yeah and so yeah. you get i mean all the time it's you constant get, hey, your, hey your account something with your account they want you to log in uh -huh. and they, yes and then yeah. they got you yep um and honestly they definitely get older people for sure yes one time i was doing a deal with a gal named shirley who just actually passed away and she was upstairs and deb could hear her talking and knew knew it was a scam and it was somebody from supposedly in Canada was going to bring her $250,000. And she sent them money over and over oh, yeah. from MoneyGram, through, either through Walmart or Albertsons. One of them refused to sell them to her because they knew she was getting ripped off. The other one told her not to do it, but they would still sell them to her. And I don't know how much money she lost, but uh, she just wasn't, she wasn't believing it. They, she believed they were bringing her $250,000 or something, but she lost. I, I I'm going to say, I mean, from what I thought at the Thousands. time, it was like 25000 or mm -hmm. something like that. But it was in small increments. Um, That's so... $500,000, whatever it was. But um, it, it put her in enough bind that her bank called, wanting to know if, for sure if this deal was happening. Because she was definitely in a bind. Because I tried to tell her, hey, that they would take everything you have. And she just looked at me like, mind your own business. And these guys are real. And um, so they, they obviously had her... Believing. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that um, about a year and a half ago, and I feel like I'm pretty good at spotting it as well, but um, this particular day there were a bunch of us realtors and mortgage lenders that were specifically named in a message. And what it says in there is that it said something like a previous post on your Facebook account um, doesn't follow by community standards or whatever. And I clicked it and it, and before I knew, and I didn't think anything of it. I think like two or three minutes went by and um, and there were a bunch of us I'll bet there were 50 or 70 of us here in Cheyenne that were um, tagged in that and anyway um, before I know it I'm getting a phone call from a friend of mine in Gillette who's telling me that there's some pornographic image on my Facebook page and then before I know it you know the whole account is shut down and I did enough research to figure out they do that if they think that your Facebook account is attached to a business account which of course a lot of us realtors and mortgage lenders that's the situation right and they want your debit card information and so that's why they take that over and what they do is then they use your debit card information to buy ads wherever they were from so I instantly shut my card down shut my card down because my accounts were gone I could no longer access because Facebook because of the pornographic image had canceled my account like terminated my account and so I um, you know called my debit card and canceled and sure enough they had tried like some ten thousand um, dollar transaction the next day and it was like in Korea I mean, it was just crazy. And then, and, and unfortunately, and this isn't real estate tran transaction related really, but I, they just said your account's permanently closed, like you can never get it back. And I know there was another realtor here in Cheyenne who was able to like fight with the state of California and get hers back. She's got some tenacity there because I was like, you know, I'm not going to, I, I did not go after the state of California to get it back. But I, so I had to start all over again. Um, I have had ransomware on my computer um i'd actually just bought a new computer and linked them together so i had one at my house and one at the office and i was doing something legit with somebody in colorado and and i could they sent me something and i couldn't open the attachment and i finally got a text that said don't open it but then it was like well it's too late now it's on my computer and oh. and the one computer so i had them totally wiped clean the one i ended up using the other one just never really worked right again 
But the thing that's scary is you hire a computer guy, how do you know their own background? Right. <laughs> and honestly, so it's it's uh, one where there's a lot of computer guys who are pretty savvy, savvy, but way maybe, smarter but, than we are. But, but are you hiring somebody sketchy? You know, yeah, that's you're now letting them in your office and on your computer without really knowing anything about them. Sure. You know, even you know, they might work at a computer place, but were they really background or anything like that? And <laughs> shouldn't say his name, but the one we were talking about earlier. Um, that we now know is coming after me. Um, <laughs> he uh, he was a credit repair guy, is uh-huh. what he sold himself as, and a lady, it's probably how you steal their identity. A lady backgrounded him before she was going to hire him, and then that's when we kind of figured it out, out. Found out the background, and it was, it was very smart on her. You know, most people you go credit repair guy. Okay, here, here you go. Here's my social security number. Here, here, I don't you know. want my bank debit card? <laughs> <laughs> you want the combo to my safe? <laughs> well, I think what's sad is that no matter what sort of situation we're dealing with in life, and in this case, you know, you want to enter into a real estate transaction, that there's threats along the way that we all have to be as a team looking out for. So if it's everything from a credit repair to where you're wiring your money to, to the emails that you're sending and receiving, to, you know, closing day, to the moving, um, the moving company you're hiring. I mean, all along the way, there's a potential risk, which is with everything. And that's why it's so important, I would say, to have a really good team working with you to, that's helping manage all of that and help you protect yourself. So even Kelsey had, I don't remember the particulars, but she had somebody, she listed some land, all seemed pretty legit. And at the end of the day, it was all over. You know, the guy lived somewhere else, and it was a, he was not legit. Uh, it was somebody else's trying to land. sell someone else's <laughs> land. I've heard land. it's actually happened. It they sold happens. it, and you think you own that, and you don't own it because. Yeah, it's, so then, uh, like, the title companies have fraud departments, so if, if you think something's sketchy, you can, they can, you know, they're not closing it if they think it's sketchy at all, but they have a fraud department that they can run it all through, and, and that's how that actually got resolved was, I don't remember exactly. There was something sketchy popped up, and um, they ran it through the fraud department. It was definitely a scam. And so it got caught. It got it caught. caught. But, um, but in the, like I say, most people think that as agents, you wouldn't really think you'd fall for it. But well, yeah, say, and how many times have you? I mean, I have really good, and I mean the scammers are they're good. Yeah, I'm only I've been in real estate for ten years, and I definitely have sold houses without meeting the either party yeah absolutely everybody's done it and and like say, or land or whatever land it is. And, mm-hmm. and nobody thinks they would fall for it but this so they're good and they're and they're usually very well they're re, they've researched it and they know they know what the neighbor's houses look like they know you know they, they know the roads they know you know they're they're so they sound local they sound legit or they sound like they know what they're talking I would say about they practice drill and rehearse is what i'd say mm-hmm. they do mm-hmm Wow. And they're very good. But yeah, there's, there's definitely scams everywhere. Yeah. Even just this week, we have a house that we put for rent. And the previous tenant contacted Deb and said, I don't think this is legit. And somebody else had it on their on a Facebook account just this week. And one another thing we have. So one of your properties one was of listed by somebody else on Facebook. And they're oh. trying to get. They'll try to get you to send an application fee. They 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 do get money from people. They do. We we've literally had. 
And if you looked it up, you're like, oh, it is for rent. I mean, there's they're sneaky. We've had people come. This has been quite a while since this happened, but we've had people at least twice come to our office looking for keys to the house they just rented. And oh no. And we're like, you just lost your money. They, we tell people, don't. You need to meet with the you need landlord face to face, and and. You know, I think there's enough people that are aware that there's a scam that it's probably a lot harder for them to do it. But yeah, we've had two people come in. Hey, I'm supposed to get my keys. I did my first and last month's rent. I, I sent my money. Where'd you send it? I'd sent it to Africa. So a piece of advice to anybody listening is if you see an ad on social media or really anywhere for a property to be rented, you got to meet the landlord. Yeah. Call them and talk Call to them. Call them and talk to them. And so, yeah. And so it's it's definitely real. Like say, and pe- so what people do, they drive by and they agree to rent it without even locking in it which you think would be a red flag and then uh, they send money and deposits whatever and they lose their money and and i don't think those are actually very good scams i think that's people just being will, willfully blind almost falling it's just that. like the ones on facebook where they're selling the dogs or the yeah or they even have ones where they're like this dog is lost and there's some scam behind those or this person, or this hat. I mean, they're just all over the place. I feel like yep. it's hard because you don't want to be like totally untrusting of people, but but um, trust but verify. Yeah, right. That's the yeah. It's hard. So just even last Saturday, so I bought a house Friday. There was a greenhouse in the backyard, so we threw the greenhouse on Cheyenne Garage Sale, and two guys show up at the same time, and I think they're together, and one's actually from the REO company that we bought the house from he was there to clean it or do whatever and the, the other guy bought the greenhouse but this guy from the reo company um started asking me questions like my name and i was like no i was like if, if you work for him open that box mm-hmm. and he did open it and he was legit but it was like open the box yeah and i was like are you ain't coming in here and so he went and opened it and then i was like hey sorry you know i was like I, but you have to do that because because it was like what do you want my info for, right? You don't have anything to do with this, but mm-hmm. and, but anyway, and it was just like, and I don't know what the scam would have been there or what I thought, but it was just, initially I thought they were together to take to get the greenhouse, but it was just because it was weird that they showed up at the same time. But I, I was literally like, no, open the box. <laughs> I will say that's what I appreciate about having you as our broker is that you seem to, you pick up on the nuances of everything that we're saying about a transaction or if we're at an open house or we're showing a property and you're like, wait, check this or wait, this could be happening. Or, I mean, you've done enough transactions and you have been in Cheyenne long enough and you know all the ins and outs of how uh, those potential threats work. And so that's the one thing I've noticed the most about being here is that you are, if I'm talking to you, you're like, Wait, you need to, like, for example, I think there was a home um, that you had that was doing an open house on over behind uh, the Walmart area. I can't remember exactly which house it was, but um, the door was repeatedly unlocked every single time I went in. Like, I would lock it when I left, but when I would come back to do another open house, it would be unlocked. And so then we're starting to investigate what's happening within the house, and you're changing the locks. And, you know, that's a very simple example, but still, nonetheless, it's it's like there's a constant um, risk analysis going on with everything that we're doing. There there really is, because you you, so... I think sometimes people get tired of hearing you because you go, you know, you're almost like the negative Nelly going, hey, be careful of this or that. And yeah. This, that, and the other. <laughs> yeah. And the reason being, it really happens. And 
it's like letting people preoccupy the house, right? If you ask any agent, it's a terrible idea, and you go, here's why, and they don't really believe you, and then you do it. And you figure out you, why. And you regret it, and you go, <laughs> the next time if somebody asks you, go, no. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just, things just happen. Yeah. People lose their jobs, they get divorced, all of a sudden, um, something goes wrong with the house, they, you know, it's just... It goes back to that until all the signatures have hit the paper on closing day. You really don't know what's going to happen. Because things do happen, like I say, and mm-hmm. it's not to be that deals are all negative, and maybe it only happens once in a while, but uh, things do happen. And Well, it's life. I mean, first of all, we're talking about, you know, a person's oftentimes the biggest... Um, purchase they're ever going to make or sell and you've got just human light you know humanity is sort of happening in the middle of all of that so it stands to reason that not everything is just going to be perfect things things happen (laughs) and uh and in the same token it's not to be like those happen a lot because they don't you know most most deals are very positive yeah end up becoming friends yes um buyers sellers a lot of even the buyers and sellers when I lived in Gillette, everybody closed at the same table, which I think which is, is a, true. Which I think is a better way of closing because mm-hmm. even even if a buyer and seller had some squabbles on a deal, there everybody meets, they shake hands, hey, sorry about that, here's my number, any questions, you know, just a good way of finalizing the deal. Where here we all close separately, so there's deals where you don't ever even meet the other realtor because technology, you don't ever meet the other, you know, the buyer or seller. Um, it's just done separately, and so I always thought that if they get a chance to meet, it's just a better finality, better way of finishing a deal. I would agree. That helped us when we sold our house in Gillette and moved here because even though I forwarded my mail, we just had mail that kept going there anyway. I bet it went on for about a year. And so she would text me and say, you have more mail here for me. And it was important mail. Like it wasn't. Yeah. And so then, um, you know, finally it came to an end. Uh, but that it was very nice to have met them. And really, you know, I think a lot of people have some attachment to their home that they're selling. I know I did. I was super sad, even though I was excited to be moving. I was sad to be leaving that house. So it was nice to meet the people that were going to be living there. And it's, Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, even like my personal house, the first one I lived in here is for sale now. When it first came on, of course you, you know, it was empty. So you run back and walk through it and you go, I forgot about this. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah, and, uh, the nostalgia. <laughs> and then, yeah, so you can walk, or you walk by when it's the new owners, and you can go, "I used to live there." If you got any questions or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, most most transactions are pretty positive. I mean, it's you do you do end up making friends and all that. But there's just a lot to keep your eyes open for. Um, and a lot of times, if you're going to yourself, that doesn't sound right. You should really pay attention because it's probably not right. Right. Or mm-hmm. or should be maybe explored further because. There, there are things that go wrong. I mean, it's just either naturally or, or like say with the squad or stuff like that. I mean, just just two days ago, I had an agent out of Colorado I'd never heard of text me and asked for a code to get in the house. And I, it was all normal enough. But my first thought was, I better just look to make sure she's an agent because how would you like to, you know, that'd be yep, a good, good, I've done that. good scam. <clears throat> you yep. text them a code and now they live in your house. <laughs> or go in your house and steal. Or go in yeah. you stole from or somebody. Hang yeah. out for a couple of days or whatever. So it, it's just better to verify. Um, and it's like I say, most of it's pretty innocent, but there's a small percentage that is not. So, so speaking of um, nostalgia, Lindy and I were talking last week about you know the desire really to kind of walk through your childhood home. Have you done that? Not not a childhood home. I I went through 
probably just this one, which I live right behind it right now. Um, I literally moved around the block. Mm-hmm. In my backyard, I could throw a football in my old backyard, so I were that close. Um, I went through that one. Um, I think that's probably the only one. That you that walked back through? Because you, you grew up in South Dakota, correct? South Dakota. You know, I take that back. I did walk yeah, I through a... When I was in junior high, my dad bought a geodesic dome home that had been foreclosed on and finished it, and we lived there. And then uh, it had a deck all the way around the house. And about, about probably, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, I stopped in front of it and I was looking at it, and the people were like, can we help you? And I was like, I told them the story, and that we did walk back through that one. Uh-huh. And we always laughed because it was a pretty cool house, but my dad was... Uh, he was a penny pincher, I guess you'd say. So, like around this, that makes house, sense. It, it had a deck all around the house, and instead of having like uh, deck furniture, we had bus seats, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> got, he got them; they were giving them away. <laughs> yeah. Him and his friend Ray Grosick used to go to the dump, and in Leeds used to be able to pillage the dump, and they they had a thing they would whoever touched it first got it, and so they would they pillaged the dump all the time, but. But yeah, we had bus seats and that was... Dumps a, so don't allow that anymore, do they? No, no. scavenging allowed or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's... So yeah, we had this cool house, but it was... Like I said, you'd have deck furniture and we had bus seats. Mm-hmm. Now, on a dome house. On a dome, on a dome house. The dome house is cool. I've seen it. I, we've driven by it when we went to Leeds. Right. I always wonder... There's one it outside seems like of... There's, there's one... I've seen one between Laramie and Cheyenne. Seems like there's, there's always a couple. There's a very small one here out... Um, it's out east somewhere, um, not east south, um, and it's it's if you look at it, it's like a really small version of what my dad finished, um, mm-hmm. and it was it was a very cool house. Um, cool. But yeah, that's there was things in like when you go back and look, you go, he did he did save some bucks doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like most of the dome homes I've seen are made out of like what the I wouldn't call it like wood paneling but kind of yeah like shingle wood is that what the one that you had in south dakota did it have like those wood shingles around it so so my dad put regular shingles on it and it actually laid down fine and when i say Mm. he did it it was really um my dad one of my brothers i mean two of my brothers i think myself and two of my brothers helped but um mostly it was my dad and one of my more skilled brothers but so was it on a basement it was on a basement, so it actually had spiral staircases. Um, it, it was a cool house, so you had cool. three spiral staircases. You had a little room on top of the house that was almost like a, a guard's nest almost. You had a little spiral staircase went up, just a room for let sun in and let air flow, I think. And then uh, um, I, I, I don't know that there's ever really a purpose to it. but I was yeah. going to say, what? why do they not make th- more of them? Um Hard, hard to say. I mean, they're, they're probably expensive to build because you, you'd use a lot of, I would think you'd use a lot more lumber and sheetrock because like on a sheetrock, normally you'd hang like an 8 by 8 piece. On this, you got to cut the triangle, right? So you got to cut a triangle to fit it into the, the oddball. Well, this is going to sound like a silly question, so please it's, forgive they're, me. They're supposed to be super energy proficient. Okay, so the that's inside, why. So the inside of them, though, do they frame it in square? No. Mm-hmm. Or it's, it's round. round. So the bottom wall was one off memory I'd say was four foot and that was that was just your normal wall but it was only like four foot and then it rounded up so if you imagine how much sheetrock you'd use fitting in you know one 
instead of having one piece of sheetrock that covers 64 square feet, you'd have probably one piece would cover, you know, half that that you waste a whole piece of sheetrock on because you're having to cut the triangles and, and then just a lot more skill to actually drywall something like that. Sure. Um, and so I think your cost is probably higher. So they're supposed to be super energy proficient. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I think that's the idea. Is hmm. Well, like if you own a dome home, yeah, come be on know. our podcast. Yeah, we want to yeah. hear about that. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say, because you've had the experience of doing that, because I'm a little uh, intrigued by this too, but it's almost like the motorcycles that you see going around the dome and the carnivals or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> it's basically something similar to that, only on all the triangles, like you're saying, that are built into the frame. You're, that's where you're, yeah. you're sheetrocking every triangle that's yeah. So in instead the frame. Of, instead of using um, like 64 square feet on most of your house or using the whole piece of sheetrock, you could probably use a percentage of it and waste a lot of it. So I think that, you know, just your cost to build something like that is probably higher just because yeah. of materials. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the only that's the only one, that and uh, the old house here. Okay. Well, we have our final question that mm-hmm. you always ask all of our guests. Yes, and and I'm excited to hear what he has to say. To say. <laughs> yep. Um, if you could purchase a property anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Well, I'd probably be one where people couldn't move like two doors down from me. <laughs> you know, it's a tough question. I think with Airbnb, you can kind of go experience different places like I don't know if you remember the time we went to Mexico and rented a little apartment for a week or so and just lived in Mexico so I think you could go just about anywhere but probably uh, somewhere where obviously the weather a little less wind a little less snow sure so yeah hard to really say Hawaii Florida um, it, would, it would definitely if I was going somewhere it'd be climate driven where you had better weather year round yeah sounds like mm. someone else I know uh-huh. <laughs> well there is I think you're right there's something to be said for Airbnb because if you purchase a home like as a vacation home in another state you're kind of locked into visiting that state every year or whatever the case is so that yeah. you utilize that property whereas with Airbnb you can experience a new state a new country all the time and you're not locked into owning that property or like even with the timeshare a lot of the timeshares are mm-hmm. You know, you got to go to the same place, depending how you do it. They say they're easy to trade, but I don't think they really are. Mm-hmm. So you got to go to the same place all the time, and, which is off, which is fine if that's where if you. If that's go. the place you love, yeah. But if uh, if it's somewhere you're going to go different places, it's might not be the. Yeah. You know, another thing that we did have one time, we were in Las Vegas, and I felt kind of silly for missing this. But when we went to this deal, what was it? It was a. It was a uh, instead of timeshare, it was like timeshare for travel and it was a good pitch and it was five thousand bucks and the, here's where you, a normal person would catch this you can only pay in cash and uh, so like, yeah you know, like that was the first one to go hey, i'll do it and then they wouldn't take credit cards we went we're gonna go get the five grand and we're standing in line at the casino and i was like this isn't right nobody nobody makes you only pay cash and whatever year and so we literally went back went back to the hotel where I was at and I walked in and I was like hey give me my stuff back and uh, they're like well you gave us your information I was like give my stuff back I'm going to call the cops right now and I tore it up and run and walked out and uh, it was definitely uh, a shakedown I don't know, a and it was probably technically not a scam but it was not easy it was, it, they made it sound like you, it was super easy to use and then later on we looked it up and it was 
people had terrible experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. Well, thanks for, I know you're getting ready to head out of town. And so we appreciate you coming in and go see Jim Gaffigan. Yes. Live. We love so, him. Ooh, we love Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> and I, I think I saw that he was scheduled to be in Denver and they had to add like six or seven more shows because he kept selling out. Oh, yeah, so sure. I think he's, he's so got funny. a lot going on. Maybe he'll hear this uh, podcast. And <laughs> yeah, Jim, give a shout out. Come on, Jim stories. Gaffigan. <laughs> yeah. Come to Cheyenne and come hang out and chat with us. That would be a, a ton <laughs> of fun. He has come to Cheyenne before I've seen him at the Civic Center. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Well, I think that concludes us for today, and we just want to remind our listeners that uh, Lindy and I, Rhea, are both realtors with Peak Properties here in Cheyenne, and so that means if you're interested in uh, purchasing or selling real estate, we'd love to help you with that. Yeah, give us a call. Follow us on all of our social media, and we're on Spotify now, so that's exciting. Spotify, iHeart. Uh, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Yes. If you want to actually see us. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to try and listen on our way to Denver. So we'll okay. Very oh, good. Cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. This episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com.